From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. We are a podcast that talks all things missions and ministry, and we are here to talk about something really important. Before we do that, I want to introduce everybody. To my left, Freya Galindo. Hi there. And then my wife, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And AJ Fry across from us. Hey, guys. And Chelsea Fry to his left. Fun facts with Chelsea. A donkey will sink in quicksand, but a mule will not. Isn't a donkey and a mule the same thing? No. No. They're opposite parents. They're opposite parents. What does that mean? Like, okay, I don't know which one's which, so don't quote me. This is not my But, like, I think a a donkey has a mom that's a horse Um, and a dad that's that's a a donkey. That's a donkey. So that's a mule. Okay. Yeah. The mule is a mix between a horse and a donkey. That's a mule. Okay. Mm. But it's the opposite to make a donkey. Or I'm something. still confused why that would make a difference in quicksand. I don't know. Because mules have lighter they bones, kind of like birds. No, you're making that up. This it probably, <laughs> no, you're making that up. It probably has something to do with their hooves. Like one's maybe like a star shape. One's and a one's... claw. <laughs> <laughs> one actually no. has posable thumbs. The other one. <laughs> No more fun facts. (laughs) On these fun facts. That is interesting. Do some research so that we know. (laughs) Think about AJ and my questions. No, that's part of the fun. It's true. (laughs) Just to like throw it out. Yes, it's to make you go home thinking, what in the world? Many weeks ago, many weeks ago, you told us about pigeon poop being the (laughs) ownership of the queen queen of the British kingdom. And then we started to ask questions, and none of us knew anything. No. So what'd you find out? We didn't find out anything. <laughs> That's not on me. I'm just the deliverer of the Bible. <laughs> Dude, there's more questions than answers. We hope that this podcast episode will not leave you with more questions than answers. Because we are going to talk about something that's super important, and I better introduce myself, too. I didn't already. I'm Scott Armstrong. And we are going to be talking about the sending church. Now, there has been a lot of talk recently on if we should be a sending church or a sent church. And people are up in arms about what we should. I think we should be both. I don't know if we're all in agreement. Hmm. Uh, I think we should be sending out others. And we should all not allow that to be like the excuse to never go ourselves, right? So Hmm. we should be sent as well. But for now, we're going to focus really on the sending church, sending out leaders, and especially sending out missionaries. So we're going to use as a foundation for this an article from Howard Colbertson. We've shouted out to him before, Dr. Howard Colbertson, a missionary professor. And he wrote on this, and he said, Going is just one avenue of world mission involvement. Indeed, those who leave home to become career missionaries need a cadre of consecrated and zealous supporters back home. Now, Mm. full disclosure, we did not know how to pronounce cadre. I'm (laughs) under the impression it's cadre. Cadre, like, like padre. Like padre. Okay, yes. So, so yes, we, we don't know. We even looked on Google. But what is a cadre? Like, let's, let's read this again. Those who leave home to become career missionaries need a cadre of cons- consecrated and zealous supporters back home. So what is he saying there? Well, 
I got caught up on that word, so I had to Google it. Um, well, actually, I made AJ Google it because my phone was broken, so that's a whole different story. But when we looked it up, it's a small group of people specifically trained for a particular purpose or profession. And when I started thinking about that, like, what does that mean in this realms? I don't know many people that have had, like, formal training on how to be supporter of missionaries, mm-hmm. how good. to be supporters of being a sent church and being senders in a church. I don't know any formal training that the church mm-hmm. offers in that. You're, so mm. probably one of the questions is, do we need formal training to know how to be a sent church or a sending mm. church? Yeah. Mm. You know, that like is do, very specific. Right. It's not just people that came together with a, a joint purpose or or even passion, mm-hmm. but like it specifically says trained, and I looked up different definitions, and they all included that piece of it. It is interesting what you're mentioning because when we think of missionary service, wow, we all would agree we need training to be missionaries, and a lot of it probably. But then when it's like sending church, it's kind of like, well, just hopefully the church does what it needs to do, you know, Just and pray yeah. and give an offering, <laughs> pray and give an offering. Yeah. And even and now, you like, know. like, okay. So I think I've, we've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, but I'm a newer Christian and like, I've never had formal training on prayer. Hmm. Sometimes I even question like, what is prayer and why do we do it? If God can hear my thoughts, why do I need to do this? And so like, even that. Let alone praying specifically spe- for missionaries. Exactly. So yeah. what are we doing to train the existing church in that? Well, Emily, you and I have, we have prayer warriors that that we send out updates to and ask them to pray weekly mm-hmm. for us. Uh, daily really is what we're, we're hoping for. But we've had to even think like, okay, do we just send them a list of prayer requests? I mean, that's not, that's not very fun. That's not uh, very engaging. A lot of people appreciate that, but is prayer a lot more than that? I think uh, most of the times uh, people think that, well, I'm going to pray for the for this missionary, and then they pray for his family or family, and then they pray for like maybe uh, her health or his health, whatever. And but they there's so much more that they can pray. Like they can be like more specific on what they are praying. Um, I was thinking the other day that not everybody in the church thinks about, um, the process that we have to make maybe for, to get the residency mm-hmm. or, you know, those kind of, uh, process that we are, that we as missionary go through. And we need people to be praying specifically for that because there are like times when it, when get, it get, gets harder and like, and sometimes people don't really think about those things. They just, I don't know. They don't come to their mind. Those right. kind of. If they've never done it, why mm-hmm. would they think about it? So I think us as missionaries, we need to like be more specific on what we are uh, requesting them to pray uh, for us. And then also we need to, um, to give them like ideas or, you know, like context. That's good. Uh, maybe there are a few scriptures that could help us, actually. I, I remember a few episodes ago, we talked about Acts 13, 1 to 3, and how Paul and Barnabas mm. were sent. I mean, that church was willing. I don't know that they were necessarily trained uh, officially in how to send, but what they lacked in training, they certainly had in willingness and mm. obedience. Mm. But let's let's maybe read, Emily, would you read Romans 10, 14 to 15? Pretty common passage, but I think it speaks to this subject. 
The new international version of Romans 10, 14, and 15 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Okay, so so what do we notice in this passage that helps us to understand what a sending church is? I think this passage inherently goes to the community of believers of the sent nature of the church, that it talks about um, the people that need to believe in God, the people that are the preachers, but then the people that are involved in the sending. And so I think sometimes we think about missionary work that like one person is called to it and then they're obedient to the call and they go. Mm -hmm. But um, Romans definitely tells us in this that a piece of that missionary call is being sent, that they all kind of are like, like I think about it as gears, you know, that when one gear moves one direction, it helps move the other gear and all the gears start moving together. Together, and that's what makes the, the clock tick or whatever. So when you have one piece that's not moving, then all of a sudden other gears get real stagnant and they can try to move, but they're not going to have as much success or maybe any success if one gear is, is totally stopped. Yeah. Working backwards, you can see that sending is actually taking place first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people mm-hmm. can't go preach. And of course, people won't believe. Freya, did you notice like, anything on this? Yeah. Like the last questions in, in the last question in verse 15, it says, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? So first is like ascending from God, but then it's, it has to be, it has to be uh, through the church. Mm. So it's, they are sending the missionaries. Mm-hmm. So, so obviously, like Hollywood teaches us, man, if, it, you know, if you just have the passion, then you can conquer an army, you can go, you can make the impact. Mm-hmm. But we're saying that's probably not exactly what God or even the Bible yeah. shows us. It's teamwork. Yeah. You know, you need, you can't like, you can go by yourself, but you can't be like by yourself. You know, like you mm-hmm. need support. You need somebody that says, okay, we're here and we're sending you. Yes. So that's the church. That's Mm -hmm. that's good. We need support before, during, and after Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. actual missionary service or our our sending, uh, being sent, right? So let's transition and let's talk about ways that the church that has sent us has been able to do that. Do you guys have some really concrete ways that the sending church has been just that in our lives? Well, I like, people like to throw parties, and I like to attend parties. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Even though I'm not the most extroverted person, but I still like to hang out with people. And I like when, uh, like, our home church throws us a party because it feels like we're supported. And um, I was reading an article, and it listed, like, throwing a party uh, when they leave— and also when they come back, when they leave, it's not like, yeah, you're leaving. See you later. <laughs> but like in support of, yes, we are sending people and this is what we want to do. This is this is why the church exists. You know, this is our mission collectively as the church is to reach more people. And so we're glad you're going. We're glad you stepped up and answered the call to God. And we want to support you in that. But also throwing a party like when they come back, whatever the reason is, missionaries often go back to their home culture, whether that's after a couple of years or many years. But the thing about this one, I, I would, I would suggest is not throw like a welcome home party because for a lot of missionaries, if, if they've been on the field for many years, 
the field has become their home. Mm. And so to leave mm. is, is, is kind of sad also. And so it, when you say welcome home, it's like, oh, but I'm not really home. Like I just mm. left home, but more of a like, Thank you for your service. Thanks for being a part of this local church and answering the call and a continuation of support to them, no matter their age or, or why they left the field. I think that's really important, the continuation of, of support to those people and just to say, hey, thanks for, thanks for doing that. Thanks for being obedient. So a party really focused on what God has done through that mission. Right, yeah. Well, that requires even being in tune with what happened. Exactly. Like, you can't <laughs> yeah, just no, be like, they're coming home, and we don't really know what was going on. Yeah, let's throw up some balloons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we walked hey. in before, and somebody said, so where do you serve? I'm like, we've been here three times. <laughs> we, yeah. in that, with that congregation, you had been there before, and they're still like, hey, are you in... Yeah. Wait, what, what yeah. are your names? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little disconcerting, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, really so throw a party. I yeah. love this. All right. That's yeah. a good first, party first people. step. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Concrete ways that, that we can be ascending church. I love when people, what you guys were just saying, but when they're really aware of what's going on in ministry and Genesis here in the Mesoamerica region has been in existence for about six years now. And I remember when we would first go back to our sending churches in the United States that we would, a lot of what we talked about in our messages were this thing called Genesis and the, you know, our cities are really big and we still share that message. But it's always really encouraging to me when somebody before we even preach, I'll come up and say, hey, I've been following you on Facebook, or I saw that you did that specific event and uh, just wanted to know how it, how it's going. And I know that you guys have been doing it or or you're sending missionaries to another site this year. Where are you going to send them? Like when they know some of the like nitty gritty details of what we do, I think because the Nazarene Church especially is so involved in so many pockets of missions that there's some missionaries that are involved in compassionate ministries with specifically child development centers or specifically clean water initiatives, or they're involved in refugee displacement, and or they're involved in theological education or in supporting the church in development of leaders. We do so many things that like, kind of going back to that prayer conversation that we just had a few few minutes ago of, you can say this blanket prayer for missionaries and the work that they're doing, but when you really know what that missionary is doing in order to engage a conversation, even if it's just a two or three minute conversation. Mm -hmm. For me, that makes a really big difference because I know that they are, like what you said, Chelsea, if it's a trained, sent church Mm -hmm. then or sending church, that it's like, we know you're coming. We did our homework. Like there's Mm -hmm. enough stuff online about what we're doing that they're able to engage a two or three minute conversation. And that to me makes me feel very loved and appreciated. And to know that that church is a piece of sending me as a missionary, not just receiving me to come preach for 20 minutes in their congregation. Yeah, we had a church along those same lines that we do, well, we were doing like monthly video updates. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a church that contacted me when we skipped a month. And she said, we show these every month in our congregation. Wow. So like letting me know how she was using our newsletter was Mm -hmm. super encouraging to know not only were they invested, but like, they were like taking, I mean, the videos aren't that short. They're like 10 minutes. So 10 minutes out of their precious time to to learn more about what's going on here. And she said they couple it with like praying for the Dominican Republic, praying for us. And so that's just really encouraging. 
It sounds like one thing that could be really helpful as ascending church is then to pray very specifically and then communicate very specifically about those prayer requests or about their family or about their ministry. Emily, you were talking about that part. I love when people are like, hey, so how is that Genesis site going? And I'm like, you remembered. That's awesome. Like a lot of times it does feel like we're starting over every two years when (laughs) when we go back. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge is uh, to have the support or to feel like us as missionaries to feel the support of a church or our sending church during the time we're in missionary service. Because I think normally we feel the support before we're mm-hmm. sent because, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's like excited and oh, I hope <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody's excited and they, they say we're going to pray for you and we will keep in touch with you and da, da, da. But then. During the assignment, let's see if that happens. Mm, yeah. And I think that's the challenge for mm. our churches to keep doing what they're doing uh, before we're sent and then uh, continue to do that when we are in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had um, good participation on this on kind of a flip side of it. Um, so we work with teams that come usually from the United States, but really from anywhere And um, we have people that come on the teams and they'll see a need while they're on the trip. So they're physically in our house and they Mm -hmm. see a need and they meet the need. Mm. And so like my favorite example is we got tile put into the house that I don't know what it's made of, but it is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's good tile, but like it eats the mop. (laughs) It literally looks like a mop exploded on the floor when oh. when we finished cleaning. And so um, when we have a team, we mop every day. So it gets very cumbersome. So the one of the team members noticed this, and she is um, a lover of, it's called Norwex, and it's all based on uh, microfiber technology. And so she sent us this very expensive mop mm. system from the States. <laughs> like we had to, there was this whole ordeal, but it eliminated the problem. And on top of that, it was, we just used water. So it cut costs huh. and made us not have to clean everything twice. Fantastic. So part of sending, this is interesting. Part of mm. being a sending church is going yourself <laughs> because it doesn't just become theory. Yeah. It's like, I lived with these people. Right. I saw yeah. the need. And now it's not just, ah, we give to this big pool in the sky where hopefully it's used for missions. I mean, it sounds like that was a connection that was made that's made your guy's life like so much better. Right. Mm -hmm. And she she really appreciates the fact that she could contribute more than just for the week Mm -hmm. that she was here. She's emailed me a couple of times. Is it okay? Is it working? Do I need to send you something else? And so that's that's cool. cool. Well, we've talked about a lot of different uh, possibilities, and I don't know, Freya, a lot of times we can think about the before and the after, but Chelsea, you had mentioned the during, as we're on the field, I think that's the time where we feel the most isolated, perhaps. Literally, we all live on an <laughs> island, but but emotionally, sometimes we feel like we're on an island, right? So are there ways that people can help when we when we are long gone, when we're, when we feel at least that we're forgotten? 
I think emotional support is very important during our uh, missionary assignment. And, well, I want to share um, an example about uh, there's a missionary couple that is working with uh, Genesis. They are Gary and Naomi Fawcett. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, well, they are great. And they... Um, are helping us to take care of uh, the Nazarene Genesis missionaries. And, well, how are they doing this? They're continually texting them. They are talking to them, like, I think... I would say once in uh, once every week or something like they that. They still do that for you too, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, and not only like the missionaries that are currently serving with Genesis, but also with the ones that uh, we're not like planning a church right mm. now. And so uh, it's pretty cool. They uh, we call them the Genesis parents, <laughs> and because they are like like our parents in the mission field, and they are always like worry about us and they are always praying about uh, for us and they are um they are great and also they provide a retreat um well usually an uh, genesis assignment is for two years and so when the first year uh, it's ending they are providing a retreat for the missionaries which is very cool i didn't have that when i was a genesis missionary but yeah now uh the missionaries can have that and they all all of them they say it's a a really good time they can renew they uh have fun and i don't know just uh gary and naomi they are they are very cool (laughs) <laughs> I've thought about dedicating an episode to them and really the topic of uh, retirement or how can you be involved in missions still as a retiree? So that's a good example. Mm-hmm. And they've said, we want to support missionaries using the spare time that we have. They're not yeah. always living down here, no. um, but they are constantly encouraging, constantly. Yeah. And they are also part of the training of the missionaries, yes. like not actually like training us, but like uh, taking care of us while we're uh, doing like our homework and like they would cook for us and or they would like schedule a movie time or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. With the last training, they scheduled a dance party. <laughs> was pretty were you cool. A were, all, were you all a part of that? I was a judge. You were a judge? <laughs> yes. That's what I want to be. I was, was the a contestant. Yeah, I won. I won? No, I yeah. didn't win. I was second. Mm. Yeah. Didn't Do you have any there videos? Descri- oh, yes. He, Gary oh, has goes. all of them. Gary has all the videos. I must see this. No, no. I'm going to be fired. Oh, you're not going to be fired. You'll be given a raise. I'm <laughs> well, we've talked really a lot of times we like to make it really simple. And even as a sending church, we talk about praying, giving and going. We've talked about some of that during the, during these last few minutes. But maybe there's another part that we're missing. AJ, you and I were talking earlier, and do you think maybe we're, we're missing one of those components when we just emphasize pray, give, go? Yeah, so like you said, a lot of times when we go on home assignment or when we speak to other churches, we talk about these three things, pray, give, and go. Obviously, prayer, um, giving financially is usually what we talk mm-hmm. about, and then going like yourself, either overseas to another country for a short term, maybe long term, but also going to your neighbor. But I think there's another one in there that we could put in there. I don't know what the catchy mm-hmm. word would be, but <laughs> like advocating. Mm-hmm. The people who are, quote unquote, back home, like from our sending culture, they are our biggest advocators because we can't always be there 
to to give the message to to be in front of people or to to talk with people or even you know we can't send out a video real quick you know to people and but so the our local churches that are sending us are sending church is really our biggest advocate of what's going on on the mission field. If they're keeping up with us, if they're paying attention to what's going on, and they're really involved and intentionally praying and getting involved with what's going on on the mission field, they can tell other people about that. Not only about what's going on, but like get them involved in missions. How how can this 14-year-old get involved in missions Mm -hmm. unless the church tells them, this is how you can get involved, you know? And so for us specifically, Chelsea and I, we do a lot of construction. And so we're raising money for, for big construction projects. And again, we can't be in front of people all the time. And so our biggest advocates are the, are the small churches, you know, that, that aren't here on the field that, that are back home. I think that's like the base of everything, you know, in this conversation, of there are some people that receive a call to go, to be the feet that are going to another place, but we yeah. all have a place in it. Right. And so one of the big, to me, I've noticed in the past five, six years, all over the church, not just the Nazarene church, but like the big word that everybody uses now is partnership. Mm. Like they're trying to figure out how do we come alongside and be good partners together. And one thing that Scott and I always try to have a conversation about is the difference between sponsorship, which is like Mm. we give money to something and we're aware of something, um, Mm. to partnership of how are we making each other better. And so even in this conversation, there's that context of, so we as missionaries are partners with our local churches. So how are we making each other better? Uh, There's local church investment into the missionary and the missionary into the local church. And I think you see the health grow on both sides when there's good partnership that takes place. And We've had um, our home church for 16 years now uh, is one of our strongest supporters and always has been one of our strongest supporters. And uh, they know they seem to know when we're going to be in Kansas City before anybody else does. Like we don't publish our travel schedule or anything, but almost always they'll send something. Hey, we know you're in Kansas City in the next couple of weeks. Like, can you come see us? And I don't know how they find that stuff out, but they they must do their homework or or something. But to me, that shows that, you know, after 16 years, they're still invested mm-hmm. in in what that is. And and we invest in them every time we go back. Then and, and we love to share time with them. And that is like going back to our family and back to our home. And that's one thing I like about the Nazarene churches, even if it's not somebody that has known us for 16 years, like there is this level of family, even if it's your first time to go be with any church all around the world. I know that when we went to Russia, we found the first church of the Nazarene in Moscow, and we just felt like we were at home, you know, when we weren't even there as missionaries, we were there as as vacationers at that point in time. But the the essence of the sending church and the missionary, like they are a part of the mission work. And I think the more that we as missionaries can help them feel a part of the mission work, that what we're doing is directly connected to what you're doing, that that relationship goes, just grows stronger and stronger. I quickly want to end this episode with a time where we just give tons of compliments to the one of the people that we've seen has done this the best. And if she's listening, it's a shout out to Kathy Kinnaman. Now, Frege, I don't think that you have met Kathy, but 
we all in the next few moments are going to describe her and describe what she and her husband, Greg, do to make missionaries feel sent, um, loved, encouraged, etc. Emily, do you want to start? Well, I... As you just talked about them, there's like a dozen stories I could probably tell. But one of our like funniest stories is Kathy was the very first person that when we were in the United States that ever gave us a GPS to use. <laughs> we had never used a GPS, but she was like, here's a regular map and here's a GPS if you want to use it. And we were like, OK. And so like we're trying to figure out this GPS. And I remember telling Scott, OK, like you need to turn right here. And you need to turn right. And by the third right, Scott goes, we are just going in a circle. We don't know where we're going. <laughs> but like, I still remember that Kathy was the first one to make sure that we as missionaries, like she wanted us to know where we were going, where a lot of people, it was just like, here's the phone number of the next place, you know, call them yeah. and they'll give you directions. But Kathy was always really good 15 years ago of trying to, she always prints out all of the map quests when we were <laughs> using maps. And she always would, she still gives us an atlas to this day um so just her her knowledge of her or her state and her district uh she desires to impart that to the missionaries that are traveling there let me just say the reason we were in that first time we were ever uh using the GPS, the reason it was going in circles is because it was sending us back to the exact same place. Her house. Uh, so we, did, we thought we had put in another address and we were going back to her very house. Um, and that was several years ago. Okay. Oh, so yeah. people, people that are listening are like, what Last happened? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Scott and Emily have never used her GPS. <laughs> oh, uh, so... I don't know that she would admit this, but she just recently in the last like five years moved and her new house is like made to host missionaries. Yeah. <laughs> she has she has two spare bedrooms and they're like set up to host missionaries. Yeah. They have two luggage racks in that one room. I was yeah. like, this is the best place yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> With like a private bathroom in the, like things that like, it's not uncomfortable to share a house well, it, it's always awkward on home assignment, but she's like thought through things yeah. like, oh, you might want to hang up your clothes. And she she like told us, I have a steamer or you could do your laundry, like walked me through how to use her washing machine. Mm -hmm. Things that like maybe you'll want to do this. And so I just think that's super cool. And maybe we've buried the lead here a little bit. They have two cars and yeah. they have half of the year. They have different missionaries that are coming to Oregon. Oregon Pacific is the district. And they the, the reason they have two cars is essentially so that they can give one of those cars to the missionaries that oh. are traveling all around for those <laughs> yeah. 10 days or two <laughs> weeks. So we're, we always use that vehicle. And it's like, what? They, who does yeah. this? This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. It's super yeah. funny. We're always there during a conference with a ton of other missionaries at the same time. So everybody's like fighting over who gets Kathy. <laughs> so she's like, well, you can stay with me for one night, but then so-and-so staying with me for the next night. I'm really sorry. I've already given the room away. Yeah. She's really thought through like all the pieces that make us feel welcomed and at home while we're on home assignment. Like, mm -hmm. like you guys have mentioned when we, when we first stayed with her, she like gave us a printout list of all of our of all of our next meetings and where we needed to go with her addresses and phone yes. numbers and everything and the car keys, you know, and the and the key to the house, you know, our bedroom where we're going to be staying. It's like, you know, this is your space. You can you guys can stay or leave or do whatever. And it's just like 
amazing. <laughs> she gave us a 24 pack of water, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, just, just purified water. And I was like, what are we going to do with 24? But it was like another way to say, we just want every single detail to be taken care of. Yeah. And I think something about Kathy that I super appreciate is we've known her now for well over 10 years. And as the church has become more of an international missionary group, she hosts a lot of missionaries from other cultures in yeah. her home. And I know that when we're there, she sees that as an opportunity to ask us about Latin American culture, like mm. what would make them more comfortable and like the mm. things that she's seen that maybe could be uncomfortable, you know, for them that she's constantly trying to learn about the other cultures that are in her home so she can continue to give yeah. that same type of um, service. So I've, I've appreciated to even see how she desires to grow in cultural knowledge yeah. so that she can be the person that she wants to be. That's so interesting because in that article that you mentioned at the top of this episode on, from Culberson, he he talks about the need to like change ourselves to be a good sending church. Mm -hmm. And like for, in the instance of Kathy, she she's adapting her methods to yeah. meet different cultures that are walking into her home. Mm -hmm. So she's not OK with just being the same Kathy that she was 10 years ago, right. because giving someone a MapQuest map isn't mm -hmm. as effective today as a GPS or maybe they have their phone. Like there's different things. And she is taking it upon herself to adapt and to change and. It's noticeable. Yeah. It's appreciated. Changing our lifestyles in order to be a better sending church. Yeah. That is awesome. Now, yeah. there are many people that are similar to Kathy. Maybe not the exact same. We wish we could copy and paste. She's going to duplicate she's, Kathy in every district, right? She's going to be our trainer for the cadre. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. But, I mean... Honestly, that's not relegated to just one district. That's not relegated to just the United States. Mm -hmm. That can be in Mexico. Mm -hmm. That can be in many other places. And, and I believe that, that yes, we'll need to change our lifestyle and we'll need to have training. You know, maybe part of the training can be this episode. Maybe I'm just suggesting. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, we want to become ascending church in all countries, in all districts, and not just leave it to one place in the world. Yeah. So I think that's a good place to wrap up. If they want to talk with us and if they want to kind of let other people know about this podcast, how can they do that, Emily? You can find us online at www.mesoamericagenesis.org. And every other Thursday is when these episodes come out. You can see it on Facebook. And um, I guess what I would say is if you really are enjoying these podcasts, we would ask that you share it onto your page. Yes. One of the best thing that you can do is share it onto your personal page because every time we get a click or an engagement, it opens up your entire network of people so that they can see what you're enjoying and uh, we can get more people listening and being a part of the Scent Church. And let's be honest, we're in competition with the Spanish one and they have way more <laughs> followers than we do. <laughs> Come on, people. It is true. It is true. Yes, Freya is very proud right now. <laughs> She's done her share I'm of the only one that's not on the Spanish one, so I'm feeling a little jaded. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. And, but, but see, we don't even have fun facts on the Spanish one. I know. One. 
What are you doing? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's because we're not explaining the fun facts. Oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. With that said, and me getting a dirty look from Chelsea, uh, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Freya Galindo. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.